Initial reactions to Resurrection Episode 5 entitled Insomnia along with comments and questions live from the fans coming up next. Welcome to Resurrection Revealed. This is Resurrection Revealed. It's the unofficial podcast and blog by fans and for fans with theories and talk all about ABC's Resurrection. Can you believe it? It's episode 11. It's recorded live April 6, 2014. And me, I'm Wayne Henderson. And with less sleep, we could even record this podcast at three in the morning. And I'm Troy Heinrichs, making sure I bring my own bottled water to work as we discuss all of the craziness that happened this evening on Resurrection. Show notes for this episode can be found at resurrectionrevealed.com slash 11. That's 1-1, one, one, turn up the dial. It's awesome, and it's on tonight. It was totally amazing. And even though the opening sequence turned out to be a dream sequence, I still thought it was fantastic. We've got more army games going on, kind of like the G.I. Joe scenes from back episode one or two. We've got Godzilla going in for the win, but he's thwarted, of course, by a giant cicada. (laughs) And I thought that was really the interesting point of this entire sequence, right? Because at first I was like, okay, this can't be really happening. We've seen this in the promos. We saw it in the sneak previews. The FBI is coming in to take him away. And the first thing that was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, Lucille's sitting right by the piano. So the door is going to hit her in the back of the head if the door opens up as they bust in. You know, and Henry's sitting right there. So it's like, okay, why haven't these people seen these guys come in the door? And why is it that, you know, Omar's the one yelling out, right? Bellamy is yelling out, hey, Jacob, come back. So I knew this was going to be some kind of like, you know, gaff the entire time we saw the promos. But the cicada, I thought that was a really nice touch because if anybody knows about cicadas, you know, they go into the ground and they come on back. I was thinking it might have been a veiled uh, shout out to Godzilla versus Mothra. Remember the old classic black and white Godzilla movies? That was also another thing I was thinking about. But <laughs> that was crazy. But it, we find out that 310 a.m., Jacob is wide awake as usual, that poor kid. And he wants the windows checked again. He, you know, he's being worried about being taken away, much like in that dream sequence, which with all the uh, SWAT team appearing, coming through the doors and everything, didn't it also bring back a little bit of a memory of Christmas vacation near the end? That, absolutely. You know, and I think the biggest thing here is that we still have the vibe happening, the channeling that's going on, because he's worried about being taken away just as, you know, Bellamy's having this you know dream sequence of events himself and the thing that I want to keep an eye on is go back and see if we can see clocks as they wake up in the middle of the night to see if the numbers on the clocks have any meaning to them I mean you called out 3 10 a.m. this morning so we'll have to keep track and see if these Mm -hmm. clocks mean anything as they go along and how about whistling Caleb he can't sleep either and he asks a pivotal question that I think may tie in when we find out what's really going on someday he he says to Bellamy there is no life or death. Huh? Yeah, I was like, what? That just is? That just doesn't seem quite right, right? Yeah, and did you notice the spathophyllum in the police station? <laughs> I did. Uh, more greenery. Love the green, love the plants, love the water. It, the whole thing was just crazy, especially since we now have to really pay attention to be on the lookout for what might be a dream sequence and what isn't a dream sequence. But I, I 
have to say I'm a little bit disappointed in Pastor Tom, even though we interviewed Mark Hildreth just the other day for Resurrection Revealed. You can find it at resurrectionrevealed.com slash Mark if you didn't hear our interview with the actor who plays Tom Hale. But he tells his wife, I think her name's Janine, that Rachel went to Tennessee or somewhere to be with family. However, she's just in a local motel. I'm. It, it, this is not good. I am not happy at all. That's not cool, Pastor Tom. No, rule number one, pastor or not, you never lie to your spouse. That only ends up badly. Especially when it involves a woman who's supposed to be in Tennessee, but she's just in a local motel. I do not see good things coming out of this at all. Especially after she you know, wakes up in the middle of the night and actually apologizes for being one of those kind of women, you know, the ones that are jealous and all. So, you know, to actually put herself out there and ask for forgiveness and then to find out she's being lied to, she's going to flip her lid. Oh, my goodness. Pastor Tom. <sighs> How about Sheriff Fred there? He's threatening Caleb in the prison, kind of old school style, like, you know, where's the money? You know, they're coming for you. You can help us out before the feds get here and things turn, you know, really bad. <laughs> did you like you how he they, did that? Absolutely. Because you know what they say, Wayne? No, Troy. What do they say? Karma is an anal probe. <laughs> wow. Where did that come from? You, do you think that maybe the sheriff was on one of his benders at that time when he came up with that line? <laughs> I'd like to move along uh, by posing you the question, did you spot the watering can amidst all the greenery in the Langston Garden? I did. And I thought that was really great, too, because, you know, trying to keep this house alive, if you will, second mm -hmm. mortgage, doing all the repairs, trying to keep the greenery going, you know, but the only thing I could think of was that Elaine herself actually really needed to take out a third mortgage because she's going to need to do a lot of work after these guys tore the place up. Yeah, they were not very nice, but she has one heck of a garden. There's all sorts of green plants growing. And of course, focusing on the water can again with the water, just so we'll know about it and you know kurtwood smith props to him and all the fine actors on this show but kurtwood smith when he's going through that memory book of jacob with his birth his footprints and young photos i mean was that just just top notch or what i think what got me more was the fact that it was actually wrapped up in what was apparently probably jacob's uh baby blanket you know so he had it extra protected which just shows how much love and passion he put into that kind of keepsake it it reminded me of the uh, the photo album and up, you know, from uh, from that movie. And I was like, oh, as soon as he pulled that out, I was like, I was getting the Kleenex ready. I was like, this is going to be uh, a little too moving here. And sure enough, you know, the waterworks came just as we cut to commercial. And what about the foreshadowing when uh, Mr. and Mrs. Langston were talking about, I think it was another young girl named Katie who may have died as well. And they felt distraught about not uh, visiting the parents after it happened. Is that what you were picking up on? Is this someone else we're going to see returned? That's exactly what I thought. I was like, okay, so maybe they're foreshadowing um, this girl next door that's going to, or down the street or down the block, whatever it was, Yeah, you know, that she might be coming back. But, you know, I think that was, you know, a really good point here that the writers and the producers were trying to get across, which is that whole, what do we do with our lives while we have them, right? I mean, you could take it from one side of the coin where, you know, if you think about back to the jail scene when Caleb is talking, it's like we go through life afraid of death. It holds us back. And I think that's exactly what the Langstons were feeling when they were talking about these neighbors was that they were afraid and they didn't know how to address the situation after just losing Jacob themselves. So how can they console somebody 
when they don't really know themselves how to be consoled because of what they're dealing with. They're getting deep on us there, Troy. That's well put. It is something that we definitely should all be thinking about. I want to know how, and listeners, of course, we want to hear your thoughts and theories. Be sure to call them in for our main show. The number is 904-469-7469. Troy, what's that number again? It's 904-469-7469. Or, of course, you can just visit the website, resurrectionrevealed.com slash feedback. Or if you got one of those cool things called smartphones, they're smart for a reason. You can just record a voice memo and email it on in again to feedback at resurrectionrevealed.com. That does sound rather smart. I want to know, how were you feeling earlier in the episode when Elaine Richards is blaming Bellamy for her losing her job at the bank and all the other stuff going on with her? What? (laughs) Well, I thought the, the conversation between her and Maggie was actually a lot more telling. Right, because here she's been blaming Maggie for kind of like putting her down and making her feel less of herself the entire time. And really what she's doing there is kind of, you know, projecting the exact way Caleb made her feel. Because we see later in the episode, you know, Caleb having that conversation with Elaine and Elaine's like, it's because of you that I don't trust anybody. It's because of you, dad, that I don't let anybody in. Why I haven't found a male suitor, you know, to actually spend time with me not so much because of the fact that i have to take care of the house and ray so here she's projecting her feelings about how she feels about caleb's parenting onto maggie and maggie comes right back and great job by devin this evening because she's just like you know look i was playing beer pong man and you're (laughs) you know got a job and taking care of your brother and you know taking care of the house and you're awesome woman and i'm just you know just a a frat a, a frat sorority kind of girl well on the plus side, with Elaine losing her job at the bank, at least we don't have to worry about Caleb going in and playing around on her bank computer at the office anymore. All that does is just bring in viruses. It is so dangerous. And, that you know, there's all sorts of judgment that we can question on this episode. I, of course, I question my own judgment a lot. But the characters on this show, I'm questioning Pastor Tom's judgment in bringing Rachel who is supposed to be far, far out of town visiting family, he brings her to Dr. Maggie Langston's office. And I'm thinking, word about this is going to go out as well. And when you know, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Hale puts two and two together, again, it's just getting worse by the minute, isn't it? Because then the big bombshell, one of the big bombshells of the evening, uh, tell us about it, Troy, because I, I was like, seriously? Wow. Well, I... I was a little miffed because I did happen to catch one of these, you know, skipping through the commercials, watching Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Nashville. You can say I'm kind of an ABC snob, if you will, because I kind of stick my Channel 7 here in Chicago and just uh, stay with ABC most of the time. And I was just angry when I just skipping through and I just happened to catch the tail end and it was like, oh, you're pregnant. And I was like, no, why did you tease that? Because that's like so huge when you think about this show because i mean she said it right you know rachel said it right in the episode and we're going to get a chance actually this week we're going to be talking to kathleen monroe who plays rachel on the on the full episode later this week and we're going to talk about this specifically because she says well it just can't be i must have been pregnant before i died and so now we're getting this kind of perplexing thing of okay well if she gets a second chance at life because she committed suicide but now technically she committed murder at the same time because apparently the baby seems to be fine. Otherwise, Maggie would have said you were pregnant, but you lost the baby. 
you know, so at this point, it seems like the baby's still viable. You know, that's just mind blowing when you think about, you know, anybody, anybody could get a second chance at life, which goes right back into the spiritual conversation of the mm -hmm. fact that anybody could be saved by Jesus dying on the cross and coming back to life. And that just rattled my brain tonight. That was huge. Yeah, we, we're definitely going to have to bring that up. And listeners, if you have questions for her as well, again, 904-469-7469. Because I'm curious to find out, and we're bound to know within a couple episodes, you know, for example, if Rachel and her baby both died, you know, when she drove the car off the bridge into the river, assumably, is the baby also a returned? Or did the baby just live, happen to live through the whole thing? Because the baby was inside. Yeah, and Maggie hints at that, right? She says, you know, hey, and I have, might have a possible fourth that has this condition when she calls her friend at apparently like the CDC or whatever it was. I couldn't quite catch it, but a doctor friend that deals with these kind of weird cases. Um, so we're going to probably see him coming into town, you know, at some point here in the next episode or two, you know. But I think the bigger shocker of the evening was the fact that Elaine actually did learn something from Caleb's bad parenting, and that was <laughs> how to swing a hammer. Sledgehammer Elaine is going to be her nickname. She did a great job. And of course, under the porch walk, of course, under the porch walk, it explains the Midsummer's Night construction projects that Caleb's been working on. And yeah, she wields that sledgehammer pretty well. So uh, watch out. I do like the fact that, you know, the sheriff and Bellamy are kind of teaming up and yeah. understanding that something bigger is going to happen if the feds do get involved. So, and I love the line, he kind of sits there with Bellamy and he was just like, you know, because if they come after Caleb, they're going to come after Jacob. And it's like, no offense to you, but uh, I don't want any of your pals running through my town. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a fair enough statement. Very mystical of outsiders. So... I'm really curious to see how the rest of the church actually reacts when they find out that Rachel and her unborn, reborn child is in the mix. Well, judging by a few that we've seen already in their particular uh, church, it may not go over all that well. Now, I will say, you know, because Elaine has done a lot of things over the past few episodes where I've been like, seriously, seriously, seriously questioning her judgment, but she does re redeem herself by turning over the money. So I, I give her props on that. She finally, you know, after having that speech with her dad in prison, uh, kind of has come to see the light. And what about whistling Caleb? He seems to know secrets about agent Bellamy's past and the, the child or something that, that seems to haunt Bellamy. So I want to know how does Caleb know these things? Well, the best thing about this entire sequence was that, you know, when they were taking Jacob away, Jacob kind of morphs into this boy's face. So you're kind of tricked at the beginning, right? Because you're thinking, okay, this is a similar situation. Bellamy had something that went wrong. You know, the kid was actually taken away, probably taken away from a foster situation because he made a bad choice on the foster placement and things of that nature. You know, and then as the thing progresses along, you're kind of like, Okay, so he was taken away because Bellamy puts him in this foster situation and the dad looked kind of shady to begin with. Yeah. So maybe the kid killed the dad because you were still thinking the kid got taken away at the end of the day. And then, of course, we get to the end of the scene where the kid's actually being rolled out on the cart, we assume, because he picks up the blue ball. Hmm. And then you're like, oh, snap, that's the ball he's throwing in the office. 
at the first in the pilot episode and you're like wow that was just moving exactly because he he can't get that kid out of his mind and who could and at the same time it really shows that uh that i'm sure that's the whole pivotal thing that happened to agent bellamy that made him quote unquote a glorified desk jockey as far as uh, officer fred calling him that earlier in the season because he definitely got demoted and it might have been due to some poor judgment in that whole situation i'm not positive but i'm just guessing that might have been what happened well more importantly did Bell- you know was bellamy technically phoning it in we talk about what did you what did you do in your past you know so when he did place this kid with this family i mean the the, the dad looked shady right away to all of us i mean he looked shady to me he kind of did that kind of like really kind of look you know mm-hmm. and then the, you know Bellamy looks at him. He's like, oh, no, don't worry about it, son. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Just go on in. Have a good time, you know? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he was just phoning it in. He's like, he, he kind of even said it in the pilot episode. It's like, oh, I could totally do it. What? I just got to take a kid from point A to point B. You know, no, no problem. I'll be back in two hours. You know, so was he just phoning it in? And that's why he's so cut to the core about this happening to Jacob. Because when he came running to look for him, it was almost like Bellamy was his dad versus Henry. Exactly. And uh, Kathy in our chat room, since we're recording Sunday night's initial reactions live, uh, Kathy reminds us that uh, Bellamy said to the boy, you helped put away some bad guys. Well, and that's mm. why I thought it was shady to begin with, because the minute he said that and then the dad had the look on his face, I was like, OK, well, the dad was involved with these bad guys. And you know what these bad guys do? They protect their own. And even if it means you know taking out the, the rat, basically, and I think that's exactly what the dad did. He took out the rat who squealed on his friends. And that is that is terrible. That That is bad news. And that is the kind of thing that could mess up um, Bell- Bellamy or anybody else with that kind of situation. I still don't know how Caleb is able to know these things. Like he even hinted something to Officer uh, Sheriff Fred earlier in the episode. So I, I wonder if that's tied into the same way that the returned can kind of sense each other. There's definitely something, some mystery that I want answers to. I'm normally not very patient when it comes to wanting answers, but in due time, right, Troy? Well, we were talking about the fact that, you know, this show is kind of like Lost. A lot of people are doing the comparisons. And of course, I said that it took me till episode four of Lost to sit there and go, whoa, wait, what is this show? And for me, Resurrection is going to be Insomnia Episode 5 because tonight's big you know, mind bender is exactly the thing where we're going to be like talking about this for like the next five days because when he comes over to the water, he's, so he's a con man, right? So we should have all been playing along with the con. You know, he's not sick. You know, he's fake being sick so that he could get this drink of water. So Bellamy could turn around and what an awesome camera shot to go through. You know, if you're reborn by the water to then disappear by the water, that was amazing. The way they shot that scene. I'm still blown away. I'm like, how on earth is it possible that Caleb was able to disappear? Uh, And obviously it sounds planned. Where did he go? And of course I'll be able to tell when I rewatch the episode again, did he take the money with him when he left? Oh, I didn't even look for that. That's really cool. I, I'm going to have to go back and watch myself now because I did not notice. Can you take things from this world into another world, if you will? Things that are tangible. It's a very good question. Well, might, it, harken back, might harken back to some other literature like the Dark Tower series. Oh, I love it when anything ties back to the Dark Tower series. 
because I, you know, in the police station, we know that they were at least audio taping the conversation. They were listening in when Elaine was talking with Caleb. So even in a small town like this, I assume there's video cameras. I don't know if it'll show us anything, but uh, we need to know what happened. And did the money disappear at the same time as Caleb or did, was he able to quickly when he disappeared, hop over, grab the money and then disappear with everything? I'm not sure because he really wanted that money, I think. Or do you think he's just being a good dad and had it hidden? The only reason he robbed the bank was so he could leave it for Elaine and, and kill that security guard in the armored truck. Well, yeah, the killing part, I think he just did to kind of cover his tracks. I don't think he really intended to kill the guy in the third because he just didn't know what to do because last time there wasn't a third person there. And since he did leave the note in the only place Elaine could find it, I'm going to say the money was just truly for Elaine. So his intentions were to take care of his family, but he could only take care of his family the way he was because even Caleb said, it's like, we are what we are, you know? So Caleb still has his, ep you know, his um, epileptic seizures. You know, Rachel still has her, her child in her womb. You know, Caleb is still a con man criminal, you know, and Bellamy, you know, this is where he starts to freak out because he's the person that loses children. So he wanted to make sure that Jacob was safe. You know, because he he goes into something that Stephen in the chat room actually brought up was, you know, the dreams. Can they be foreshadowing of future events? And Bellamy picks up on that right away. If Caleb disappeared like he did in the dream that Jacob started to disappear, I got to go make sure he's safe. Yeah. And I thought for sure, since it was nearing the end of the episode that he was going to get there and Jacob would be gone. But Jacob is safe, at least for now. So that's good. But how does course, Jacob sense that Caleb has disappeared? He knows. Well, it, it, it's a plane of existence, right? So if you're in the existence and then you're not in the existence, you know, if you're not on that same astral plane, let's call it, um, to go with a different type of religion, if you're on that same astral plane, then if you're not on that astral plane anymore, you would have that, you know, kind of separation and you could feel that energy leaving, if you will. So, um, or in the case of Kathy in the chat room, you know, she still thinks it's sci-fi because she's talking a teleportation. Did aliens beam them back up to the ship? Hmm. I didn't see him flip flip open a tricorder or anything, but uh, then again, Astro was on the Jetsons. I love that dog. Sure, and and orange is close enough to red, so kind of an mm. you know, red shirt. So all things we can think about as we talk about our future episodes. So things that you guys can look out for, fans, as we wait to talk to Kathleen Monroe this week. You can, of course, tell us, did you see the money bags? Are they still on the floor? Call in 904-469-7469. That number again, Wayne? I would say that it's probably 904-469-7469. Great number. You should write it down, put it in your contacts, save it, because we will be back later this week with a more in-depth review of insomnia. So make sure you tell all of your friends on Facebook and Twitter, even Google+. Heck, Put it on Pinterest, Tumblr, wherever else you can tell anyone about this great episode and this great podcast. Subscription links for iTunes, Stitcher, RSS feed for your favorite podcatcher, all up on the page at ResurrectionRevealed.com. And of course, ResurrectionRevealed.com slash sponsor is working again. We don't know what went wrong, but it's back. <laughs> you can help um, send in your thoughts and theories. You know, you can even go to ResurrectionRevealed.com slash feedback and just leave your thoughts that way as well. Yep, and of course, if you want to keep the show alive, head on over to resurrectionrevealed.com slash support slash sponsor. Either way, donate a few bucks, help us keep the podcast going, and of course, leave a five-star written review in iTunes because it really helps out the show. 
yes, it does. And the full episode again will be out later this week, late, late Wednesday or early Thursday. Got a special interview there with Kathleen, so we are looking forward to that. We've got some questions for her. Until that time, I'm Wayne Henderson. And I'm Troy Heinrichs. Thanks for hanging with us live tonight on Resurrection Revealed. And Resurrection Revealed is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts that'll help you think, laugh, and succeed. And they're all at noodle.mx.